Welcome to Sports ETA, hosted by Al Kidd, a podcast on trends and thoughts for the sports travel events industry. And we're back with another episode of the podcast. We're here with Carrie Harvey Cutter and John Sheener, representing Virginia's Blue Ridge, beautiful area of our country. And really today, we wanted to talk about collaboration. We wanted to talk about, with, with both of you, you've been doing this for a number of years, and just collaboration internally with your, your community partners and representing the community as one destination, as well as your external partners. So, Carrie, you, you've been doing this for a few years. Talk to us about just what collaboration means to you, why it's so important in our industry. We're in the city of Salem, 25,000 people. We can't do everything. We need everybody in Virginia's Blue Ridge. We need Roanoke City, Roanoke County, Botetourt County, Franklin County, and the great staff at VBR Sports. If, if we don't have all the, all the wheels, we can't do anything. All of them, we all work together. They supplement us on some areas. They may give us some financial assistance. Uh, they'll help with getting hotel rooms, and John will coordinate all of those. Uh, but they're there. They're there as a resource. The same way the resource with, with Roanoke College, with the high school, with everything in the community that you've got to have. When, when something goes south, that, that's when you find your, your friends. Sure, sure. If you're having issues. We had 26 inches of snow with the Division Three football championship, and we played on the day it was scheduled. Now, we were six hours late. But that much snow, it's going to slow you down. Mm-hmm. John Shaner came over and drove a truck, fell asleep. One time driving the truck, his windshield wipers went out. He had to drive with his head out the window. And John Shaner from the Salem Parks and Rec uh, Department, we were talking earlier just about the importance of cultivating relationships. And, and you, you were on the phone today, in fact, uh, helping a, a commissioner um, change some scheduling. What does that mean to the area, and what service do you bring to partners? Absolutely. You know, um, I think it all started with the vision that we have in our city and that um, – as a city, we're really not different departments. We're all one. And um, when Kerry was the director of the Civic Center and, and uh, you know, all my years in Parts and Rec and when I've been a director for 14 years, we didn't see ourselves as two different you know, city departments. We were one. We were stronger as one. Our staffs were bigger when we put them all together and we could work together, which in return taught me how much all the relationships we have to build with different organizations um, when when some are up, you still have to treat the ones that are down as, as important as the ones that are up uh, because all that will flip-flop one day. And I talk to so many different communities, and I, I hear them say that you know, we only play one, one, one organization or whatever, and I, I just cringe because you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You've got to be well-rounded, and you've got to make sure you're doing different things because things go up and down, and... Uh, you can't just sit at home and send an email. You have to go out and visit people. Um, this world we live in has forgotten about how to speak to people and, and how important that is, is that one-on-one relationship that you have to have. Um, it scares me where the generation is going to come up, how people are even going to be able to communicate to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah, important. We, we know Virginia's Blue Ridge nationally is a football community, very strong football community. But what else, what other facilities, amenities, um, should sports teams, should leagues, should commissions look like? The, the new big deal for us is mountain biking. Now, that's not a team activity in most occasions. You can have some. But 
we're the only silver mountain biking on the east coast of the United States. It's huge. But then you look at things like lacrosse. Our college has outstanding lacrosse programs. Our high school has strong lacrosse programs. Good youth, good clubs. We have club lacrosse. We have club soccer. We have three really fine uh, club soccer programs in the area, uh, one of which Renwick Stars that actually changed their name to VBR Star. Uh, and so you've got that. A lot of, a lot of volleyball. We have a 300-team volleyball tournament in March uh, that is nationally recognized. That We use the civic centers. We use the high schools. We use the college and everything. So there's, there's a lot of different things. Uh, Smith Mountain Lake and water is, is in Virginia's Blue Ridge and, and everything there. Uh, one side of the Roanoke Valley, which is Virginia's Blue Ridge, is uh, the Appalachian Trail. The other side is the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, some of the most beautiful scenery you will ever ever see. And growing up there, I took it for granted. Mm-hmm. And, and now I get to sell it. Mm-hmm. And it is outstanding all year round. That's great. That's great. So today we introduced a new, a new brand, a new name for the association, formerly known as National Association of Sports Commissions, now known as Sports ETA. And that really is a direct result of the work you're doing because the brand is more inclusive of Parks and Rec, of cities, not just sports commissions, not just CVBs. What, what does a program or organization like this do for you? I, you know, Carrie and I both have spoke on panels at NEFC and at teams and all these different organizations. And um, I guess we've been coming 10, 15, 15 years. I don't know. Um, and I constantly say to sports commissions or CVBs, why are your parts and recs not here? Um, because we're, we're the whole turnkey package, Carrie and myself, in that we actually come to the conventions, we get the material, then we either write the bid or we fill out the bid to submit, we present the bid, then when we get the bid, we actually are the tournament directors and put the event on, so they know everything. So, um, And I tell people this, um, that whenever I'm bidding and I look at the, and I have like 20 cities and we're getting ready to go up on stage and it's me against... 19 other CBBs or sports commissions, I, sell, I start salivating uh, because I know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to get up on stage, and they're going to show a two-minute uh, video of their community. They're going to talk about hotels, restaurants, and airports. And the first thing I get up and do is I say, okay, we have an airport, we have restaurants, we have hotels, but you all really want to know what our field makeup is what the grass looks like, what are we going to cut it at, what are we going to do for the athletes for opening ceremony, what are the umpires going to get. That's the nuts and bolts that we can sell that we know that if they had their parts and rec or their civic centers or whoever with them at these conventions, then they would be able to help them be better and be able to sell their community better. And I can't tell you how long we've been preaching that, that they should be coming to these. And now, you know, NEFC has recognized that we're a very, the Parks and Rec is a very integral part mm-hmm. of a big picture. You know, for, I don't think for years they really thought so, but they do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it sounds like um, you are on speed dial with many of the conferences and, and organizations. And talk a little bit about just the history over the 27 years of just those great events you've hosted. 
we had no idea what we were getting in into 27 years ago. The city of Salem, uh, we wanted a football game. We're a football community, we wanted a football game. Uh, the next year, we noticed that the soft, Division three and two softball was up for bid, and, and we submitted a bid saying, you know, we've got a great softball complex. And I'll never forget the, the chair of the committee actually called and said, you sure you want us? We're only, at that time, six teams. I said, yeah, we want you. So they came in. That started a relationship. Uh, Division three softball will come back in two years. And so we've, we've done that, and we've built upon that. And then we leveraged the, the relationship with the NCAA to get other events, uh, AU girls basketball and things like that. I'll never forget they told us that, look, if, they can, if Carrie and that group can keep the NCAA happy, they'll, they'll have no trouble with us. And, and so those kind of things that mm-hmm. you, you build upon your successes. And, yeah, sometimes something doesn't go the way you want it to or it doesn't draw the crowds or the event moves. But you don't worry about that because, you know, next year you've got something else or something coming here. We've taken a lot more emphasis this year on collegiate uh, conference championships and welcome bags for all the head coaches. Uh, and that came as a result of I was on a panel at the NCAA convention a couple of years ago with Division Two, and one of the communities was talking about things they did uh, for their coaches for conference championships. And we just put it on steroids and did a little bit better. Uh, and, you know, you, you, you take and, and you learn and you appropriate from other areas. Uh, when I was running the Civic Center, I never went to another building. I didn't find something mm-hmm. that I could, could use. Uh, that's why you come to something like, like this conference, is the people that you meet, the, the education that you see and hear, uh, the individual contacts that you make, and even more of that is the peer relationships. Sports Virginia, of which we're a part of, we do so many things together, and we share ideas, we share bids, we go after things that uh, maybe we can't do it in Salem, then I want it in Virginia Beach or Richmond. And we're on the podcast with Carrie Harvey Cutter and John Sheener from beautiful Virginia Blue Ridge area. And- Let's talk about some advice for maybe some communities who are a little more fragmented, who maybe don't have the track record of working together so well and successfully as you do. What advice would you give them to really collaborate and, and come together as one area, one destination? I had a, uh, a gentleman call me that uh, used to work in our area, and he moved away, and the first thing he called is he said, how do I get my parts and rec to understand how important this is? Um, and I think that's the most important thing I could say is that, you know, unless you can get the parts and rec in the city government, because they're the ones that have all the fields or what you need to be able to host, if you can't get them to buy into, but they can't ever buy into them unless you get them and hear and understand, you know, what. And I think the biggest thing that we have done is we found our niche uh, with different events, and we haven't straight away from that, you know, and so many people come and say, hey, we want to do what you don't do what we're doing, you need to find your community, it could be fencing, it could be any sport but once you find it, stay with it and don't run away from it um, don't try to do too much uh, try to stay within your parameters and, and be successful at what you're doing and one thing, and, and I'm going to be very self-serving with this I don't want them to figure it out you know, I, I, I like the I like the field where we've got to step up on leg up sure. on some people, but you got to get rid of egos. Number one, and number two, 
and this is this is at Parks and Rec people, and some of my closest friends are Parks and Rec people. They've got to understand it's not just a Monday to Friday job. Yeah, you may have to work seven days in a row, or if you have bad weather or a lot of events, you may be working 12, 13, 14 days in a row. But as long as your community sees the value and, and the way that your government sell it to Parks and Rec is, look, we're getting transient occupancy tax from these heads and beds. You know, maybe the next time you come at us with that request, we'll have more money for you. So how, how are you as a city, as a region, showing the impact to those thought leaders, to those government leaders, those corporate leaders? We, how do you best communicate that? We don't use economic data. Because you give me enough people, and I can give you any figure you want. Because it depends on the multiplier or how you want to use it and stuff like that. One of the ways we do is we have a, we have a private restaurant in town, Mac and Bob's. Uh, it started as a 10-seat pub. Two Roanoke College students founded it. It's 300 seats now. They have, during, during a tournament, they have staff a Tuesday like a Friday. The pizza place, uh, Papa John's going into Moyer, ran out of dough because of a softball tournament. And on a slow pitch, the convenience store runs out of beer. Those are great metrics. A, a, a regular person on the street, if you say it had a $1.5 million economic impact, yeah. the first question is, how does that reflect to my tax rate? That's, and that's a great visual, what you just said. You know, I stole it from St. Louis. I, I love it. You know, get the Bud Light on ice, guys. You know, we were, we were here, to, here yesterday, and uh, a gentleman said that, his event brought in a $3 million economic impact, but he was only doing 250 hotel rooms a night. And um, I think there's so many people that are, and, I, and I've noticed this, that they, you know, they, they are told anything and they believe it um, just because of those numbers. And we've stopped. We probably hadn't put out an economic impact number in at least eight, eight plus years um, or more. Now, we'll put out hard data on, this is how many hotel rooms we used because we do our own um, check-in forms where we can truly get good information on that and uh, how many athletes were here and those kind of information. So give us your best pitch for bringing an event to Virginia's Blue Ridge area. It's the people. Everybody has fields. Everybody has hotels and airports and restaurants. It's the people. In, in the 90 NCAA championships that we've hosted, and in the myriad softball tournaments, you have one winner for every championship. We want the people that don't win to leave our area with a great sense of pride of accomplishment, that they were in a great event, the tournament ran well, everybody was nice to them. And that's what it is. We sell good old southern hospitality. It's also in the Midwest. They do the same thing. But you have to be nice. You genuinely want the event in your area and if you genuinely want it, it comes through, whether it's the person taking the tickets, selling the tickets, cleaning the toilets, or dragging the fields. They all genuinely want the tournament to do well. That, that's great advice, gentlemen. Thank you for your time on the podcast. Again, Har Carrie Harvey Cutter and John Sheener from Virginia's Blue Ridge. Thank you, gentlemen. You've been listening to Sports ETA, a production of Sports ETA, the leading organization for sports professionals. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast for the latest in trends and topics from the top thought leaders in the sports travel events industry.